you're dropping into cities within cities where it's like, this is the undercity. I'm even under the undercity. That's where I come from. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Those moments feel more interesting when you're literally diving through layers of your pants or coots won't work down here little girl i think you made it more southern than he's supposed to be Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 543 with a review of Alita Battle Angel. I am Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we're going to bring you a few different reviews, uh, two new releases that came out in theaters, and then one that just thematically seems to relate to one of the others. Uh, so we have this review of Alita Battle Angel. We have a review of Happy Death Day to You, and because we love time loops, we're going to also have a review of Russian Doll, which came out earlier this month on Netflix. So get ready. Three reviews coming at you. Here we go. Uh, Generally, when we're talking about a film that is sort of being adapted from some other source, we'll ask each other a question about uh, do we have any familiarity with the source material? I think it's safe to say that neither of us have read uh, any of the Alita nope. stuff. Though I, I know it's a beloved property because people expressed like a ton of enthusiasm when they found out this was finally being made. Yeah, I mean, Cameron's been trying to get this thing made for so long. <laughs> um, I think, it, I, I don't know, like I, it's, it's probably one of those things where he's like, oh, the technology wasn't there, but now that I've made Avatar, it can happen. Yeah. Um, I assume that's the way James Cameron's voice sounds. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we haven't read the manga. We have not seen, like, there was an animated, uh, series for a tiny bit, too, as well. I don't know. I saw a poster for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're here to talk about Alita Battle Angel. This is a film, I guess, here, well, I'll ask you this, Stephen. Were you excited to see this film? I was. So the the trailer would play a lot, uh, at, uh, AMC, at least. And I remember seeing the trailer in, like, before an IMAX film that I watched and seeing it on the big screen, I, I was pretty pumped. Like it, it definitely seemed like a an epic action sci-fi that I could get behind. So I I definitely did not want to miss it for this week. Yeah, I mean I, I was really excited for it. Um first of all, I'm I'm a fan of Robert Rodriguez. Uh just the things that he does are always kind of just fun and have a sort of thing to it. You know, this isn't strictly his joint like this isn't a thing that he was making like cameron's been trying to make this for a while so he's making somebody else's film essentially um but i was still excited to see him do cool um you know fun crazy sci-fi action um i think when the trailers first came out i was i I was pretty excited like i i knew this was gonna be a big cg heavy film but i was like totally on board ready to see this thing um did you end up seeing it in 3d uh no i didn't i saw it in 2d Okay, cool. So I, we'll, we'll talk about that maybe a little bit later. Um, I did end up seeing in 3D. Uh, possibly pretty cool to see in 3D. <laughs> so do you think this was inspired by Death Proof in any way? Or not Death Proof, Planet Terror. Planet so, Terror. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, it's, it's not really a Grindhouse film. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so I just mean you've got, a, you've got a female character with like prosthetes <laughs> with prosthetic weapon body parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I... I no, <laughs> cool, I, I mean I, I can see the connection that you're making, um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't. Know. I just I just think it's like a cool story that uh, you know if, if they can make a ghost in the show, 
Yeah. <laughs> they, they can, can make... do anything. <laughs> they can appropriate that. They can, they can do anything. Yeah. Uh, what do you say, Steve, when we get into this review of Alita Battle Angel? Let's do it. All right, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for Alita Battle Angel and then come back and give you guys that review. Does it bother you that I'm not completely human? You are the most human person I have ever met. Didn't I tell you to be home before dark? I just lost track of time. Alita, we have to be responsible. You are someone very special. Hey, kid. Not just a teenage girl. Hey, what's your problem? You can't remember. What do you mean? Doc found you in the scrapyard. So you must be from up there. And I'm just an insignificant girl. That's what they want you to think. I'm not your daughter. I don't know what I am. I do. You have the most advanced weapon ever. But that's just a shell. It's not bad or good. That part's up to you. I do not stand by in the presence of evil. She's threatening the natural order of things. Tonight is not a game. It is a heart. need you to destroy a girl called Alita. You made the biggest mistake of your life. And what's that? Underestimating who I am. All right, so that was the trailer for Alita Battle Angel. Uh, essentially, this man, uh, this doctor man, <laughs> who works on like cybernetic enhancements to people that live in this place called Iron City. Yeah, yeah, okay. the I- Iron City, and then the like wealthy thing hovering above it is Zalem. Zalem. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically, he is going through the scrapyard below Zalem, uh, trying to find parts because he does uh, augmentations to people, and he stumbles upon a uh, the head of a girl with her very, very human brain still alive inside, <laughs> and decides to take her back to his lab and uh, put her in a body that he just happens to have laying around, and she kind of wakes up, and she has no memory of where she was before she is now, and she's just trying to get used to this Iron City that she's in now, and... Uh, Over time, they start to realize that she has some pretty kick-ass skills uh, in the form of the ability to kick the shit out of a lot of different people. And uh, she sort of works her way through trying to um, stop some bad people in the town of Iron City. Uh, (laughs) Stephen Miller, what did you think of Alita Battle Angel? I think Alita had very, very cool visual effects. Really awesome fight scenes, like some very cool fight choreography, and the rest was 
kind of awful. <laughs> that, that was my feeling. And I don't want to shit on it too hard because I get that, like, the bulk of this movie is that, like, the production design, the character design, and the fights. Um, there, there's a lot of, like, cool things that the aesthetic borrows from. Like, by the end, there's hardcore equilibrium vibes, I think <laughs> it's safe to say. Um, I, I think with the, like... No, not without incident. <laughs> with, with the cyborg plus... Uh, floating wealthy world above you thing like yeah. Elysium would probably be a fair thing to also compare it to um, and, and it has that kind of like cool cyberpunk aesthetic that as a person who doesn't read like manga in general I can only assume this like gets pretty close to what it feels like to read like multiple comic books like that because it <laughs> like, like there's a wacky cast of characters they all have their own unique style they all like speak in a kind of heightened comic booky way and watching them beat the shit out of each other is a lot of fun. Yeah. So that part is good. I think this movie was so focused on that it like forgot to make a script where any emotional arc would matter to anyone. <laughs> um it just shortcut- Come on, that puppy though. Yeah, the the puppy <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil anything with the puppies, but um, I just feel like it like it takes every emotional arc and shortcuts it in a way that I didn't understand. Like, like the beginning of the movie, you know, is Alita discovering life for the first time again, right? Like she's been found, mm, she's oranges, she is bodied again for the first time, and she's gonna like see what that's like. Yeah, she's discovering oranges, she's discovering the world, and like the the world's thickest chocolate bar I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, which looked delicious, by the way. And I mean, uh, like Rosa Salazar plays it all fine, but I feel like the way the movie is cut together, all we see is like cutesy things, like wow, a body, wow, this. And, like, her journey to self-identity is basically all in the trailer. Like, I think the trailer does a way better job than the regular movie of giving me some arc of what she's going to go on in her life. In the actual movie, it's, like, stitched together in odd ways where she, like, she has the same conversation with Christoph Waltz twice, like a half hour removed in the movie about how she used to be a warrior. And each time she's crying and is learning it for the first time again. Like, there's just things in this movie that I thought were, like, very weird from an emotional standpoint. Um, and it didn't help that, like, one of the driving forces of the narrative in this movie is Hugo, who I referred earlier uh, off mic as a knockoff Jonas Brother piece of shit. Um, <laughs> Hugo annoyed the hell out of me. He's just such a, in Carson's part, it's like dumb wiener kid that I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to be watching on screen. And I, yeah, I don't know. Like, really a child though, right? He's just more like a dumb dick kid. There were just so many emotional beats. Like I, I, I don't want to spoil things. So like most of it, I guess we can get to in spoiler talk if we get there, but there are like love scenes that are just entirely unbelievable that turn on a dime out of nowhere and then end a few minutes later. Um, there, and, and, when, and let's just for the people listening who maybe haven't seen the film, there are scenes where people are discussing loves, love, not like love making scenes. No, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not talking sex scenes. Just <laughs> this is a PG-13 film. Yeah. D- discussing love, like every every character in this movie, there's at least one or two moments where they make a sudden decision to modify their behavior, like complete 180 from what they were doing before and that has like no motivation and no emotional payoff and like the sum of that it just made me feel like it was a dumb script like it i I don't know the story bothered me as an origin story for a cool looking character i'm cool like no matter what i want to see the second one still because the world looks cool and i like alita and i like the way she fights but i just thought there was a lot of dumb shit in this movie (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean that that's true. I, I I can't can't deny the level of some things that are dumb in this film. But I I really really enjoyed this film. Mm. I think it is an incredibly entertaining film. I think, with the exception of Jonas Brother that we talked about, um, the other characters are mostly understandable. Like right, their motivations for things and what they do as people are like you can like without revealing too much the way that Christoph Waltz's character treats alita makes sense because of what she represents and right, like but at every scene that he has changed they've like just left out the part where he decides to change yeah so i i think it's quite possible that there is a four-hour cut of this film that, that's um, how i feel there's a four-hour <laughs> cut and they were like nope we can't yeah <laughs> we can't show we're, that just cut out half of it yeah we are watching half we're watching a two-hour cut of a four-hour film so it's still a long film but it's missing half of the content and i think that like for, for the most part like as, as you said the, the the visual effects in this film are so freaking amazing. Like, mm-hmm. they are brilliant. Obviously, you know Alita, that version of Alita doesn't exist there. But if you watch, like, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff, like, she's physically there acting in all those scenes. She's being replaced, and then the digital double is being put in her, in her stead with the whole, like, Avatar-style motion capture rig. Um, but she feels real in a way that you don't really get in some other films that are doing similar things, right? She just feels great. There are a few moments where, like, she's riding on a motorcycle and, like, laughing and looking at nothing. She's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. And, like, those moments are the first time I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is a, a CG character. But most of the time you're like, this looks pretty fucking great. Like, it, it looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. The world is extremely cool. The acting – or, not, sorry, not, not the acting. <laughs> not the acting. Not the acting. <laughs> the action in this film is really, really cool and entertaining. Um I've heard some people criticize Motorball. I think Motorball is rad. I, I think motor, Motorball is rad, but as a plot conceit, it's, again, kind of dumb. Like, like almost, almost all the fight things in this movie, there, there are a few big set pieces, and we'll, we'll talk about it in a little spoiler section probably, but there are a few big set pieces in this movie that cause fighting, and almost every one of them, the mechanisms that get them to that point A are just like ridiculous to me <laughs> like like there's no real good reason for it um and i i don't normally care about plot it just it felt like the whole movie was kind of like how can we make an excuse for a new action shot to pop up yeah but in this world so there there is um i know you haven't watched all of or any of uh <laughs> black mirror yet mm-hmm. but there's one whole episode devoted to a future where um citizens live in these little boxes with these tvs and like during the day, they like ride on treadmills and shit to uh, to power things, I guess. And then like they just play games and stuff, or watch television programs and the thing. And if you compete in enough stuff, you can earn enough credits to buy your way to like a higher like out out of this system. And it's a story about like how your actions within this world turn out to you either escaping the world or not. And I think that motorball is a thing like that where people are trying to compete. But one of the things that makes this world so interesting is. I think that the world building is interesting, but the world building is a tease for a film that may never get made. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really interesting to think about the world in which, like, as people work their way towards almost complete full body replacement as a cyborg, how does pain work in this universe, right? Because, like... The first time somebody said motorball, I just heard it as murderball because I'd seen like the trailers and I expected it to be murderball and it's motorball. And I was like, people are getting like wrecked to hell. But technically, as long as like your brain doesn't get hurt, 
your you just get rebuilt and you compete next week, right? Yeah, yeah. But so, the rules of the world are vague because there, there's nothing that would indicate a guy's brain isn't going to get like exploded in that game, right? Like, oh, yeah, like yeah. it seems <laughs> like the value of human life just doesn't <laughs> exist in this world. But that's the thing is, I think that there the 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 value of physical life does not exist in the world so long as you do not terminate the life that is bound within the thing, right? Like even there are scenes in this film where somebody gets extremely messed up <laughs> people not like i'm not talking about a specific someone but people get like eviscerated <laughs> and it doesn't really matter if you're mostly machine because you the real crime is theft of uh, material right like a person can be grabbed tied down and ha- have their limbs removed and that doesn't technically hurt them they're just out the money it costs to buy those limbs, right? So they went from having, like, the cool new, like... Well, but unless they bleed out and die, like, like apparently yeah. death is still a thing that can happen. Yeah, And you, I feel like in those motorball games with, like, the, like, meat grinder hands and shit, like... But, like, no... There's no reason people aren't dying in that game. Nobody is competing who is mostly human, right? Like, everybody competing in those games, like, only the face is left in the brain, right? Yeah. So, like, you can take a lot of damage, and you can get totally wrecked, and you just respawn, quote-unquote. And if you're a character who's, like, sponsored by a group like Vector, um, who's a guy's name, not a group, um, <laughs> um, like, you can afford, in a sense, to just be destroyed every week and then come back. And it definitely seems like there isn't necessarily pain in the same way that if you slice somebody's arm off they'd feel pain but there is like oh my arm got sliced off oh damn <laughs> that was my best jackie early jack jackie earl haley impression um uh where's my face <laughs> but uh yeah i i just think that that aspect of it is really really fun um this is one of those films where, like, you watch and your brain wants to play around in the world and try to get excited about the ideas that could be shown off in a film that probably will never get made. Um, I think that some of the weak parts of the film, obviously, we already talked about Hugo, pretty weak. Um, mostly, I'm, like, fine with him because he represents an idea, not actually a human being. Um, but what idea does he represent? He, I mean, he he's a shortcut for romantic interest, right? <laughs> <laughs> and but like like a lot of I, I would feel that if that were all he was in this movie but like the entire third act of the movie is all devoted to like hugo's fucking decisions right like like yeah. he is the driving force in the movie um yeah but i mean i i but it makes sense because there is a tie-in between him what he does daily who he works for and people that may want to find the girl named Alita. <laughs> um, yeah, people who another moment in the film when he is recognizing like meat grinder fingers, he should not be trusting already, except Hugo's a like dumb piece of shit, so he just forgets about that part. Yeah, yeah. I mean I yeah. But he, he knew no no no, he he knew exactly what those were for when he got it because he was paid to get them for a specific reason. Yeah, but they're what well, well, we can talk about he later. He thought it was a different reason, maybe, but yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, I, I think really the problem is that this film is—it feels like an abridgment to the story they wanted to tell, and even that story was just a precursor to the story they really, really want to tell, which is this thing about everybody trying to get to what's the place called again? Uh, Salem. Salem, and I think what this film doesn't do is. 
explain why everybody wants to go to Zalem. There are some characters who obviously want to go to Zalem because they were in Zalem before. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're people who, uh, much like in Creed 2, were outcasts from the place that they used to be uh, loved and admired in. And now they're just fighting their way back to get to the place they were, right? That totally makes sense, and that's fine. The rest of the people, Zalem is an idea, and nobody really does a good job of explaining why that idea is so important. Um, Especially when you're watching a film as an outsider to the film, going like, fuck, Iron City's pretty rad, (laughs) right? Like, I get that Zalem is cool, and everybody wears, like, future glasses, and uh, you're floating in the air. But there's not a good explanation of that distance between the people above and the people below Mm -hmm. um you know you brought up elysium earlier and this film doesn't do the elysium thing right where it's not like oh in salem there's no sickness and everything's great and shouldn't the poor also be able to have no people do live forever apparently (laughs) yeah but there's no explanation to whether any organic material allows them to live forever or if it's all cybernetic right Mm -hmm. in in this world there's no reason why a motorball person who's good enough can't live forever right because as long as the machine parts can be replaced enough the rest like once you're mostly just a brain in a casing you should also be able to live forever even if you're in iron city despite all my racing <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah but I, but I think when it comes down to it this film with its faults is very very entertaining and i'm happy 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 to come play in this playground again in the future mm-hmm. and i think that like even though there's not a lot of motivation for this character, like she wakes up, doesn't know anything, goes like, I don't know what the world is. Ooh, boy. And then goes, ooh, fighting skills. And then goes, motorball? And then goes, end of movie, right? Like there's there's not a, a nice firm arc. But like, honestly, this film is an even more simplified version of Wonder Woman, right? Sure. It's a fish out of water story about an incredibly powerful being who is female and can kick everyone's ass and is really motivated to do good. And if she sees bad things taking over the world, she wants to stop them. Um, And it doesn't have sort of the charm of Wonder Woman, but there is still like a, an innocence to her that is slightly charming in a way. And, you know, even though we don't really get to experience the world that she comes from very much, like, just the comments like, you are a berserker. Like, that doesn't mean anything to us, right? Like, clearly, we know she's badass. You can't make up a word for how badass she is and make us go like, ooh, now we've learned something. It's just not an entertaining addition to it. Um, Once he says you're the most powerful weapon earlier or ever, we don't need more information beyond that, right? But I still think that the film is fun. I liked seeing the action scenes. I love rocket uh, acts or rocket... Uh, scythe whatever you can call it like the big weird hammer spike thing mm-hmm. that shit's cool <laughs> yeah. tentacle finger spike things cool no I'm fine with tentacle fingers blade tentacle arm fingers. girl nails or whatever her name is bolts what's what's her name I forget her character name uh, we'll screw say bolts. screw it was like screw or something like that yeah no I, I mean I mean, I like all that stuff and that, that's the thing the idea of these cybernetic people fighting each other is cool and there's the there's the steampunk like Mad Maxy type feeling to it right where you're in this gritty desert world where everyone is kind of competing for survival and the value of life is like lower than it normally would be because it just seems like everybody's killing everybody all the time um like like i liked all that i just feel like like alita 
is not really a hero even to me in this movie because she has no motivation that is noble and that's why her character can well, just don't, change don't hurt puppies sure yeah yeah <laughs> she but has she, the same motivation as she John shares that with yeah she shares that with the uh the old cowboy man <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um but but I, there's just something about like she changes her mind on a dime in this movie like there's a moment when she decides i need to practice fighting I'm just going to start a fight with all the bounty hunters in the city. That and she does is, a rally, a rallying cry for a thing that I didn't even understand. I, I, I think I disagree with that scene. I think she thought that her rallying cry was honestly going to work. Even watching the film, I was like, that's a pretty good rallying cry, right? Like, so I didn't understand the rallying cry. Like, who were they supposed to be fighting against? Uh... His name is Gershwick. Oh, so uh, she was just trying to get them all against... Gru- Grushwicka. Groot, yeah. <laughs> Grushwicka. Gruishka. Gruishka. Um, yeah, she was fighting against Gruishka. And I mean, she, she just met Gruishka, knows that he's bad, knows that he's not operating under the rules of Hunter Warriors, and wants to get other Hunter Warriors to help take him down because it seems like there's it's going to require more than just her um so i i think that totally makes sense and i think that her like the like she's so naive as a creature who has just been brought in after like a hunt the 300 year slumber or whatever that i totally buy the idea of like she thinks she can just walk into this bar of all these tough people and say we should band together and do something but like i i don't know i i that that didn't bother me at all mm. yeah I, I don't know i just didn't I didn't get that part, and there are scenes later where her feelings about certain other characters seem to all of a sudden change, only to change back a few seconds later, and hearts are involved. Oh, God, <laughs> there's one awful scene where she offers her heart <laughs> um, to someone that is just like, th- the whole movie would make sense if it is like very seriously trying to be like, she was imbued with the hormones of a teenage girl, and therefore every every arc in the movie is meant to be like a rapid going through teenage years or something. Yeah. Or- but otherwise, I, I just feel like the like her motivation in this movie it is never clear what she wants at all, except for to like Robo Bang Hugo. Like yeah, it, yeah. it isn't clear what she's trying to avenge, what she's trying to prove, who the bad guy is until like I don't know, the last like five minutes of the movie. Um and that just makes it be a really odd origin story for me. And also does she have the new body at that point in time? I think so. Because my minor spoilers, I guess, for lore in this film is we do know that the new body needs that heart to mm-hmm. power it. So if it was with her in the other body, then okay, fine, because any battery can charge that thing. But, like, it's specifically said by another character that this suit can only be powered by that heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a nuclear submarine packed into a little heart case, right? Yeah. So I, I think it's silly at that moment with that knowledge in herself that even the metaphor of the idea of what she's trying to do. Um, yeah. Same silly. Yeah. I don't know. It, it it just was too, to me, it was too contrived. And and maybe the problem is I didn't see it on like a giant IMAX screen. Like maybe if I were in a situation where the visuals were just overwhelming me, maybe I would feel differently. But seeing it holistically as a movie, I felt like for all the amazing production design and good visuals, it's weird that they couldn't get like one guy to make a script that wasn't 
stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had two guys to make a script. Yeah, that's true. So. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I, when it comes down to it, though, I'm excited for this film. I, I'm, I'm still excited for the existence of this film. And um, it didn't do too well this weekend. Mm. I mean, $28 million, that's fine. Uh, not so great on a budget of $170 million. Yeah. Um, but so now that this is out, uh, no longer... Now that it is out worldwide, it has made like uh, it's like 150 million now. It, so it'll it, make like, back. Its it's going to make least. back its money yeah. for sure. Um, but I don't know whether it's going to make back enough money to justify making the sequel. This, this thing is actually trying to tell. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know if that's technically a spoiler to talk about where we think that this film is going. Yeah, the obvious telegraphing of where this film is going. We, we should just go to spoilers so I can bitch about Hugo a little more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we're going to get to verdicts first. Close out the episode, and then we'll come back with a little spoiler territory for you guys. But for now, Stephen Miller, if you're going to do this a must-see, recommend the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I'm going wait for rental. I I feel like it's, like, fine. The, like, the thing it's doing... If the visual effects were not good, I would say there's no reason to see this movie. But because the visual effects are amazing, I'm, like, bumping it up into... It's worth seeing. I just think, like, it squandered... <laughs> amazing potential in like a script that i'm like i'm not usually the guy who cares about scripts in this podcast and like the script just (laughs) i like audibly snorted like eight times while i was watching this movie i was like i'm sure i was terrible to sit next to because i was just like oh my god hugo shut the fuck like i i was really like not vibing on what the movie was doing with its characters that's what they want you to think (laughs) and and it kind of took me out of the movie but you know it's it delivers on the visual effects goods, and obviously that's what you're looking for here is cool fight scenes with people with mechanical limbs that get sliced off and shit. Yeah. Um, I clearly enjoyed this film a little bit more than you. I'm going to give it a recommend with a caveat. Uh, I had a really great time with it. I'm excited for any even inkling of a potential future to see more of this film, even though I kind of don't understand what is going to happen because we see a flashback. Of what a possible future for this franchise could be. I know that sounds cryptic, but mm. it makes sense to Steven. Um, and um, I don't know how they're going to attempt that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, for me, it's still recommend the caveat. And it's worth seeing in 3D. I thought the 3D was really, really cool. I think especially cool because the construction of the city and the scale of different things just looks more impressive in that 3D because you get that sense of scale in a way that you don't get necessarily from seeing a 2D projection of everything. So I was really, especially seeing where like you're dropping into cities within cities where it's like, this is the Undercity. I'm even under the Undercity. That's where I come from. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like those moments feel more interesting when you're literally diving through layers of Your pants or coots won't work down here, little girl. I think he made it more southern than he's supposed to be. Um, also, all of the characters in their cy- cyborg forms look like the voice actor. Mm-hmm. Why does uh, Gruishka not look anything like Jackie Earl Haley? I don't know. <laughs> I think he just needed to look the way he did, which is the uh, the creepy baby head in Toy Story. That- <laughs> <laughs> Sid's little like yes, yeah, Sid's little, little monster spider thing. Yeah, spider thing. <laughs> nice, um, but with crazy spike fingers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so let's close out the episode before we get to spoiler territory. Uh, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that? Uh, people can go to twitter.com dot com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. 
People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, or you can like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. You can also follow us on Instagram. Uh, is it still at slash the spoiler warning um we're we're posting photos of us in the studio and uh other fun little things if you want to follow us there uh and uh yeah music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to alita battle angel so hopefully you're enjoying that um as we said after this spoiler terror story segment we're gonna have other reviews of happy death day to you and russian doll and next week we will have a review of how to train your dragon the hidden world and also the listener requested review from cayman for by bust so hopefully you look forward to that um that music that's playing right now is going to fade up and when that music fades out we'll be in spoiler territory so watch out um if you haven't seen the film yet everyone else join us in just a moment We are back. This is spoiler territory for our review of Alita Battle Angel. Full-blown spoilers coming at you, so if you don't want a tentacle spike to the face, you probably want to leave away right now. If you, if you do want a tentacle spike to the face... You've um, come to the right place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Stephen Miller wants to talk about Hugo a little bit, um, and we ain't talking about trains or oh, plots. No. I wish. <laughs> I, w- I wish we were. Um, uh, so I, I just want to run through some of the... Worst emotional beats, I thought, in this movie. Um, one, when Hugo has been suddenly called a murderer, and in, like, two seconds, Alita seems to turn on him and be like, oh, I can't save you. You're the bad guy. Let me do you in so the other dude can just stab him. Like, what the what the fuck is up with that? I don't, I don't get it. And then the twist three minutes later... When Jennifer Connelly, who, like, has been pure evil this whole movie, decides, like, I know, we're going to cut off his head and pump the heart together, and then I'm going to just tell Mahershala that I'm done with him. Um, that that whole, like, arc was just, like, like two dumb things happening in a row that canceled each other out in a kind of weird way. Well, um, I, so I, I think that there was no version of the script where that was not dumb. Yeah. However, I think there is a more stretched out version of the script where it has seeded that Jennifer Connelly no longer trusts Vector, um, uh, Marshall Ali's character. Um, she's sort of starting to be suspicious about ever the chance of going to fucking Zod, whatever the hell it's called. Zalem. Uh, Zalem. Um, and I think that like it makes sense that she is trying to help the one good thing that she sees in the world, which is like this creature and this person are at least feeling some sort of emotion together. But, but, like, why is she giving up hope? Because literally, like, that same night, she got the, like, the finger weapons to try to murder a shitload of people. Like, I, I just don't understand the, like, journey that these characters are going on. It's like, she did, like, terrible shit, and nothing really happened to yeah. make her change her mind, but, except but, for the plot just needed it to be that but way. But I think she was doing terrible shit with the hopes of not redeeming herself morally, but getting back to Zalem. And I think that in this moment, she realized that, A, she's never getting back to Zalem, at least not in the version of the, herself that she wants to be. And B, she's trying to, like, if I can do one thing before I'm fucking murdered by this guy, 
at least I can help this person in oh, this situation. Oh, I wish she were just murdered. Instead, a cartoon <laughs> brain is in a briefcase. <laughs> Don't think I was going to forget about that scene. <laughs> you know, no one can actually go to Salem. At least not in their bodies. <laughs> not with skulls. <laughs> yeah. Though it, it is kind of a crazy reveal where it's like, oh, literally, first of all, I get the brains and eyes part, right? Like, if this is going to be like a Futurama, like sure. in a jar, still conscious, but like just floating in bubble water, totally fine with that. Why her hands are required. I guess mm. the idea that she's a doctor, and even though these machines are so amazingly well reproducing the human body they can't reproduce it enough to do surgery on other machines <laughs> so they need to have the human hands be put in the box too that's the part that seems silly to me sure. may, maybe that's a direct frame from the manga maybe 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 and, and the thing is all of these things too could be fine in like manga form again it's just like the movie where you're supposed to like there are so many scenes where alita because she is made so lifelike we're seeing like a single tear trickle down her eye right we're yeah. seeing the yeah. wide-eyed wonder the tear ducks are working <laughs> Yeah, like we're seeing all these things that are making us supposed to fall in love with her as a kind of like, she is human, you know, you're the most human thing I've ever met. And I I just feel like in that context, the movie makes this, it has this like sweeping sweeping arc of we are a beautiful humanistic movie. And then like the emotional beats being meaningless just make it, it, it's such a weird combination to me of like, the way the film feels like it's going emotionally versus the way it actually goes emotionally. Um, But anyway, so Hugo, you know, almost dies. Alita uses her heart to save his head so they can put another (laughs) robot body on him. Literally the next time we see him, because she's been off, like, trying to do something, like, good again for a change. Um, By good, I mean the equilibrium moment where she's going to, like, like, full-on equilibrium, you know, like, go up to the top of the tower and slice Mahershala in half. Yeah. so, like, <laughs> she gets done with that. He, like, has gone from his, like, sick bed or whatever <laughs> to just being, like, I'm going to go up to Zay my robot body. <laughs> Haven't you seen that, uh, is it DreamWorks Pictures robots? <laughs> yeah. And, like, I, I don't know, again, maybe in the four hour, in the, Schne- in the Snyder Cut of this movie, like, maybe... We care about him enough to know why he needs to go to Salem so bad that he can't just like wait like another minute. Um, but instead, like just the whole thing of him like running up there and then like getting like sliced because he's not listening to her and then just like slow motion falling out. Like I was so also, happy when he finally I, fell. I like the idea that a bunch of elite soldiers running up this cable never thought to jump over the spikes. <laughs> and Lita's like, no. And jumps over. Yeah, so that's the thing. If she can jump over, so why doesn't she storm Salem now and, you know, murder Ed Norton? But here's the thing, right? So this film, we can get back to your list in a second, but so this film ends with a a cut forward to X number of years later where she's been competing in motorball for that many years to become the number one so that she can win her slot to go to Salem. Do motorball people get a different trip to Salem than Vector gives people a trip to Salem? Because yeah, like, why do we believe that that one is real? I, like, only because Christoph Waltz says it is, I guess? Yeah, also, if she's standing in the motorball court, sticking her sword up at Ed Norton, going, I'm coming for you, Ed Norton, like, why would he go like, you know what, I'm going to leave these rules like this and let her I mean, up? my hands are tied, it says, <laughs> in the, ain't no rule that a battle angel can't play motorball. <laughs> 
it it just it, it it seems strange to me that like I get why other characters want to compete or before beforehand when she's like oh I want to go to Zalem because my boyfriend wants to go to Zalem I got magic battle skills I can get him to Zalem like mm. I'm a hundred percent on board with that once he's dead. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that motivation exists. And there's, they could even fi- quote-unquote fix it. I'm doing air quotes here. They could fix it in the way of her just saying – just she has to say he wanted to go there. I'm going to go there for him. Mm-hmm. That's all they have to do. I'm not saying that's a good excuse. I'm just saying that ex- at least explains for me why that character decided to do that. Right. Based on everything that happens, she has no attachment to Zalem other than that's where she came from. Yeah, and that's why I feel like it, it's just like – it's just rhyming with other movies, like like the the Elysian of like that type of movie makes me assume Salem is a bad place. You want to go up there and destroy the system, and it's a metaphor for politics, right? Like, yeah. Like you're gonna like go up, the, you're gonna rise up and defeat the ruling class that is, you know, forcing this upon you. But there is like not five seconds in this movie that is devoted to actually convincing you of that, and, and that's so odd to me that like they could spend like four minutes on that weird heart scene and like they can't spend any minutes on like telling us about the world and what the bad guy is. Like, yeah. To me, that's just a very, very, very strange situation. It is. And and I think one of the real problems too is that Alita can't even really take this moral high ground of a world in which like down here in Iron City, the uh, the people are oppressed by having to augment themselves to the survive the whatever and the blah, 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 blah. We don't really see why it's so bad there. Mm. Like some of the augmented people are pretty fucking badass. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, you can tell that the place is poor, right? Like it's they... it's poor, but like it can't be that poor if everybody's a robot, right? Even the people who have like shitty, like, like it's not like I don't know. I'm trying to make like a really really dumb analogy of like having like a modern phone versus an old phone, right? Like they're all iPhone tens. Mm. It's just some people have the gold one. And it's real gold. It's not just like gold plate, right? Like it, it, it's that. It just feels like the. I get why the one the one dude who is like the main hunter warrior guy. I get why he seems a class above everyone else because he's all fucking chromed out with like diamond encrusted stuff and yeah. special carvings on his back. It's pretty like, face. He looks expensive, right? I get that. Other people still look cool, like the doctor that assists Ido. Like her arm doesn't look cool future tech but it also is super functional mm-hmm. <laughs> and she can like perform surgery on other robots it's not like she like i don't look at her and be like oh i bet she didn't eat last night because she couldn't afford food i just look at her and be like okay well you don't have chrome like, yeah yeah like, i don't have chrome in my car i like my car i think my car is fine mm-hmm. but like i still use safari <laughs> nice but, but um, yeah I, I, so uh, again that's another thing where i feel like it's just like bootstrapping off of other movies and being like hey they've already convinced you of all this stuff we don't even need to bother um and and in this case it's kind of weird because like the way they convey to us that the place is poor is by making it look kind of like morocco right (laughs) like like it's like look it's gonna and and, and i'm serious like that that, like that's the thing it's like crowded streets where everything here is orange everything up there is blue clearly that's what we want to go to thing is like this is the hot place where you don't see a lot of green and up there is green yeah Ergo, it must be terrible down here. Ergo, right? we go. Yeah. <laughs> Ergo, we go. Hugo, Ergo, no go. fuck yourself. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, I just think for me, outside of the fact that epsilon, what the Salem, 
<laughs> Zalem, uh, Zalem. Uh, outside of the fact that Zalem is literally floating above the other place, there's no real explanation of what the class distinction is between those two mm. things. Well, because we've never seen a human being up there except for Ed Norton, like in the shadows yeah in, in his uh tanning bed glasses mm-hmm. um like looking down yeah like i feel like there's a version of this that is very hunger games right where there's like the the lower classes and motorball is the thing that placates them because there's the promise that like one person in this brutal sport will win and something good will happen to them and so people will root for that while yeah. the other people are getting murdered but like it didn't bother to do any like that must be the other two hours that they cut out right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the stuff that actually convinces you of that yeah yeah, I, it just I it's it's confusing, but I still like playing here. Like I like the idea of hunter warriors. I like the idea of this world in which knives and everything are totally fine and legal, but guns are outlawed. But the military force patrolling robot things have the guns, mm-hmm. and it's uh there, like there, there's a there's an MMO called Eve Online, um and there are different security levels of different systems that you're in. And as as you go from system to system, your security level changes. And in certain places, if it's a high security zone and you just attack another player, immediately all these ships warp in and just destroy you. Mm. And it's just like, there's nothing you can do about it. So it's like the system polices itself by causing immediate death to anybody who goes outside the system. And I like that sort of idea of that being the way that this city works. And that, But as long as somebody's name is on this list... You're free to kill them and do whatever you want, right? Um, and then you get paid for doing that. Like it, it, it's, I like this idea, this like sort of wild west sort of kind of portrayal of this community. Um, but it's just like, so it's fun to play in their sandbox. But the story that they're creating is not necessarily that great. Sure, I agree with you. <laughs> I also the another emotional turn is when Christoph Waltz, who like his one defining feature in his view of Alita is like. I don't want you to battle Angel. I don't want you to play motorball. <laughs> Cut to I'm lacing up your shoes while you play motorball because of an off-screen conversation we had where I became okay with it for some reason. And, and like, again, it, it isn't like the stakes for him are high. It isn't like it was a life or death thing. It, she just decided she wanted to play it because she wants to bring like her Jonas brother boyfriend like up to Salem and he's just suddenly like in the crowd rooting for her. Like I, I don't know. I, I I didn't get it. I I don't get what they were going for with his character either. Well, I think at that point he had already because and there there is sort of a logical progression that is still compressed. But it's like I'm not going to put you in Alita Battle Angel body. Oh, you ran off and started shit anyways, and you got fucked up. Uh, my only choice now is to give you. Like, now that you're already a weapon, I'll make you the best weapon. Well, no, but like literally, it's like how like I I put you in the most high tech body that I had available to me, and that is destroyed now. You can either go into like this hunk of metal over. You can go into Wally's body, or I can put you in Does the that body. Mean Hugo that you... got Wally's body. <laughs> but it just it just like it, it sort of makes sense in the like I won't put you in this. Fuck. Okay, I get it. And also in that moment he realizes that like there there literally is a bad guy who he can't stop and he sort of has this change of heart where he's like you know what like literally we're all stuck under the rule of this person i might as well put her in her berserker body and let her go do like alita gun alita right Mm -hmm. so i I think i think it kind of makes sense why she she then gets to go play uh, motorball is its own thing um but yeah i don't know Hey, Chris. Knock, knock. Who's there? Alita. Alita who? 
I'll eat an orange and say it's my favorite food in the world. Oh, Steven. <laughs> I'm done. I, I didn't hate this movie, so I don't know why I'm shitting on it so much. It's just, there were just a lot of dumb things I had to get off my chest. There are definitely dumb things in this film, and uh, I still still enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so should we get off to our other reviews? Sure. All right. Take care, everybody. We will see you in just a moment.